in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. A year ago this week, 19 children and two teachers were murdered inside Uvalde's Robb Elementary School. The tragedy leaving the town searching for answers and action. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tom Miller. I'm Sally Hernandez. Today, Uvalde city leaders are going to join together and hold a news conference marking the one year since that day. They're doing it days before the actual day that this happened, which is going to be on Wednesday to allow the community privacy on that day. We have KXN's Ryan Chandler who visited Uvalde to learn how that community continues working to heal. Well, I know them. I know her mom. Eliana Torres, I know them. Tess Mata, her mom, I know her mom, Veronica, and I, you know, I've known them for everything. Lalo Diaz is first a neighbor. I know her twin sister and her husband real good. But on May 24th, he was the county coroner, the first to identify his friend's bodies inside their fourth grade classroom. The, 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 the pictures that you see of Rob's school, when you're looking at the hallway, you're seeing those clean floors, green walls, to me, I just see red. One year later, boards seal those rooms and grass grows under silent swing sets. And Uvalde is turning those scenes of horror into a vision of hope. A new school for the future. A state-of-the-art campus with students and safety top of mind. It pops with color and energy for our children. The center supported by a grand oak tree two large limbs for teachers Irma Garcia and Ava Morales, and 19 more for their students. If we can think it, we can build it. So just let's, let's do it, let's do it. We got one chance to do it right. And that's what we wanted to make sure that it was done right. The remains of Robb Elementary will soon be gone, but for the loved ones of the 21 people who died inside, their memories never will be. For Uvalde, moving forward means preserving their past while protecting our future. I know that we need a new school and the children of Uvalde, they deserve that, but it'll be a painful reminder when it goes up because this beautiful school is because of murdered children. Moving forward, impossible for parents like Kim and Felix. There's no moving forward without our loved ones. For the community, I guess it's their attempt to move forward while still remembering our loved ones. And I hope that they do right by us. Like the tattoo on Kim's arm, enshrining the love letter her daughter Lexi painted. I like being reminded of how she saw me and her in our relationship. Parents hope the new school is a permanent monument to the love they lost. Shouldn't be moving on and leaving our children behind though, leaving the deceased behind. It should be taking them with you, and taking them with you is change. And that's what we should be doing, not just in the state, but in this country. In Uvalde, Ryan Chandler, KXAN News. School safety bill sparked by the Uvalde tragedy is heading back to the Texas House after already passing the Senate. State senators debated proposed changes to House Bill 3, which passed in the House last month. That version dedicates new funding for districts to improve physical barriers and security technology, requires every district to place an armed guard on every campus. A Senate committee removed the guard requirement. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. 
We begin the day with a look at clouds and radar showing a little bit of cloud cover here and there, but not something that I'm super worried about. In fact, we're going to see some pretty nice weather today. Live look outside of Whittlesea Landscape Supplies weather camera there in Liberty Hill showing clouds up top. We'll also be watching for a few spotty clouds underneath some patchy fog as possible, but these temperatures running a little cooler this morning, upper 50s to mid 60s out there. I don't think you'll need the jacket in most spots, maybe out west where we do have some upper 50s towards San Saba, but in general, temperatures are going to warm pretty quick today. Here's a look at your current visibility down some in northeastern Travis County out towards the hill country too. We've got lower visibilities of about four miles and Marble Falls and Llano. Not widespread dense fog, but just enough to slow you down. So be sure you're watching your speeds if you do encounter that area of low visibility. As far as the numbers go for the rest of the day, you can expect the 70s by lunch and a forecast high close to about 80. 86 degrees in Austin today. Today is going to be about 10 degrees warmer than what you felt yesterday. So a quick warm up here back to seasonal averages. And I'll tell you, this week's not really looking that wet. There's just going to be one little disturbance we'll have to watch around the midweek time frame that could bring those rain chances back to central Texas. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. Stretch out the new seven day forecast for you here in just a few minutes. All right, thank you, Kristen. This morning we could learn the future of a partnership between Austin Police and the Department of Public Safety. At 10, Austin's Public Safety Committee is going to get an update on this partnership. DPS started supporting Austin Police at the end of March, but right now this partnership's on hold as troopers focus their attention to the border. It's expected to resume, though, in the coming weeks. The $1.6 billion project to expand the Austin Convention Center is moving ahead this week. Today, the city is going to start looking for an engineering firm to provide the design as well as architecture and engineering services. The goal is to double the size of the convention center. The work is expected to start in 2025 and wraps up in 2029. The Texas Attorney General's Office is questioning funding for a multi-billion dollar public transit project here in Austin. Attorney General Ken Paxton highlighting two potential problems, he says, with the tax funding for the Project Connect. He says they could violate the Texas tax code and Texas Constitution. Austin Transit Partnership is the agency set up to implement Project Connect. The executive director, Greg Cannelly, says the agency will continue with Project Connect with the AG's opinion in mind. We're going to be working with our partners at the city um, to advance this and keep on moving as we then also move forward on doing the financing and making sure that financing occurs within state law. All comes days before a scaled down version of Project Connect is to debut at the meeting for ATP later this week on Wednesday. The president returns from Japan. What he is promising to Ukraine as the U.S. continues to debate over its debt limit. And a first of its kind surgery. How it could save a baby still in her mom's womb. Good morning, a live look outside from Liberty Hill. You can see the bugs zipping by, the stars in the sky. Gorgeous start to your Monday morning. President Joe Biden is back in the U.S. following the G7 summit in Japan, set to meet with Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy today to talk about the U.S. debt ceiling. The president spent time meeting with leaders, democracies to discuss Russia's war on Ukraine while overseas. He announced a $375 million aid package for Ukraine, saying the U.S. will provide ammunition and armored vehicles. Together with the entire G7, uh, we have Ukraine's back, and I promise we're not going anywhere. 
Before the meeting, President Biden spoke about the debt ceiling on his last day in Japan during a press conference. He says that Republicans in the U.S. House must move off their extreme positions on the talks over America's debt limit. The president said he did his part in trying to raise the debt ceiling so the U.S. government can keep paying its bills. The conversation around artificial intelligence and why one consumer group says the tech could be used to commit fraud if used in the government. Bigger than Zilker Park, what we know about the new park headed to East Austin. Texas and Texas A&M in softball, regional championship on the line, an emotional day on the UT campus. I've got more on that coming up. Good morning, a live look outside from our Austonian camera, a little bit tinted red because of the lights on top of the building. But you can see it looks like a gorgeous start to your Monday. And as lawmakers focus on how artificial intelligence could be used in the government, there's a consumer group that says this tech could be used to commit fraud. Exactly. Just recently, the Federal Trade Commission said Chad GPT could, quote, turbocharge fraud. I spoke with an expert for an in-depth look at what she says needs to change. Kathy Stokes, you are an expert when it comes to fraud. What can you tell us as far as how many people out there are getting scammed? You know, um, we believe it's hit a crisis level, uh, and it's not just us. Um, most Americans in a survey we just produced say the same thing, and we're seeing it in the data. Even though most people don't report when they experience fraud, just what was reported last year to the Federal Trade Commission uh, it was $9 billion in losses, and we know that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wow, and you're saying that a lot of the scams go unreported. What do you mean, and, and why are people not reporting it? Well, you know, um, sometimes people don't even realize that um, experiencing a scam is a financial crime. Um, and, and sometimes they'll call the police and report it, and the police will say that's not a crime. It's a, it's a civil matter. Uh, call a lawyer. And that's just not true at all. Um, but we've spent a lot of time in this society um, sort of building up this misperception that it is the fraud victim's fault for having not known something, having not done something. At the same point, uh, the survey found 85% of Americans say fraud can happen to anyone, but 53% surveyed said if someone loses money to a scam, it's because they are gullible. How do we That's change that thinking? We have to change the narrative. We can't blame fraud victims for being victims. Financial crimes, fraud is the same type. It's a crime just like a violent crime is or a property crime. Yet we treat it so differently. And AARP is, is leading an effort to get out in front of as many people as we can to say we've got to shift that narrative. It is not the victim's fault. We need to prioritize this as a crime and we need a meaningful law enforcement response, which we just don't have right now. I was just reading today how AI and chat GPT are really causing a stir out there. And one example is how it can maybe now scam people. Is that something else you're concerned about? Very concerned because right now um, the, the scams are so sophisticated that they're almost unrecognizable as scams. And when you enter chat GBT and AI, it's just that much more unrecognizable. Um, but, but the stories are always the same. Um, it's going to be somebody that's reaching out to you out of the blue, um, trying to get you into that heightened emotional state. Let that be the sign that somebody is trying to deceive you and don't engage. Great advice. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you.
Something else to think about, right? Yeah. All right, a groundbreaking first of its kind surgery could save a baby still inside her mom's tummy. It's incredible. What started as a routine pregnancy for a Louisiana couple turned into a nightmare for them. Their baby receiving a rare life-threatening diagnosis. Doctors found an abnormality in the baby's brain during a 30-week ultrasound, and they worried it would lead to heart failure soon after birth. Shortly after, the family found out about a clinical trial. Specialists at Boston Children's Hospital and Brigham and Women's Hospital, they were holding this. The whole idea was if we could slow the flow in the malformation before birth, before they get very sick, before there's this heart failure, then maybe we could prevent that entire cascade from happening. It was an immediate yes because, I mean, we're deeply rooted in our faith, and we have been praying about this thing the whole time. Her heartbeat had always been strong from the very beginning. She's still moving. Her brain is still well-preserved. She wants to be here. <laughs> Coming up on today, the miraculous story and the results from that first ever brain surgery performed on a baby still in the womb. Wow. That's amazing. We just had the story before that about how technology is not that great for some things and then technology, medical devices, yeah. Yeah. wonderful and other things. And what a little fighter too, know. you know, heartbeat going strong the whole way. Let me show you what's happening with your forecast here live like outside from Marble Falls. This is a view from our River City Grill Highland Furniture weather camera there. I would say most of us fairly quiet this morning. A little bit of cloud cover up top and underneath, but temperatures look good. We're in the 60s everywhere you look, except for the Northwest. <laughs> There's always an exception, right? Saying Sabbath 58 as is Lano in the upper 50s, but temperature-wise, running a little cooler than what we had yesterday. In general, I'm sure you noticed it. Sunday, we only made it to the mid-70s, so we went to bed with some cooler temperatures. We're waking up on the cooler side, too. Temps down about 3 to 7 degrees, but Mother Nature wasting no time getting these temperatures up. We are right back into the mid-80s today. Forecast high 86, which comes pretty close to the average of 89. Plenty of sunshine to take advantage of today. Even that little bit of fog that we're tracking this morning, that's going to clear pretty quickly, and we're going to see a mainly sunny sky from start to finish today. Not going to see any daytime rain chances, and by that I mean I don't think the clouds and storms are going to be building on top of us. They will be, however, firing well to our west, and there is a very low possibility that overnight tonight one or two of those storms makes it all the way into our hill country. I don't think we're going to see this much storm action overnight in the hill country, but I think some of our models are indicating one or two of those storms have just enough energy to make it into our area. So it's a general risk of storms overnight in the hill country. Nothing that I would be worried about. No severe weather risk, no flooding risk either. As far as tomorrow goes, you'll notice a couple of those storms, uh, according to this model, in the morning, drier skies in the afternoon. And then by the time we hit Wednesday, Wednesday and again on Thursday, some scattered showers and storms will be possible. It's a low chance, and our intensity here looks pretty light considering between now and Thursday. We're only looking at about a quarter of an inch of rainfall accumulation, but that midweek disturbance, that's the only weather maker we've got in our seven-day forecast this week. Temperatures will be in those mid to upper 80s almost every single day and then it's low 90s and mainly sunny skies as we get into Memorial Day weekend. Thank you, Kristen. Texas school districts, they continue to struggle to find bilingual teachers. At Austin ISD, more than 8% of the bilingual teaching positions remain unfilled. Education advocates point to low salaries and burnout. At the state level, the Texas American Federation of Teachers has called for higher salaries and added benefits for bilingual staff. 
There was a bill in the Texas legislature that proposed a $15,000 pay raise for teachers statewide, but it has not advanced. Texans trying to drive cleaner will have to spend more money to do it. Starting on September 1st, electric vehicle owners will have to pay a $400 registration fee in addition to a $200 annual fee. Governor Abbott recently signed to change that into law. The author of the bill behind it said it aims to make sure owners are paying their fair share of state highway funding, which is paid for by gas, diesel, fuel tax dollars. Here locally with recent algae blooms along Lake Austin, many people are looking for ways to get ahead of this. Mm -hmm. One solution is fighting erosion. Meteorologist Sean Kelly takes a closer look at the simple ways to do it. Here in Central Texas, uh, we're sitting in the middle of Flash Flood Alley. We know it well. Those types of large events mobilize a lot of sediments and other material um, off of the landscape into our waterways. Carrying fertilizers, pesticides, and other contaminants with it. It's often blamed for our toxic algae outbreaks. But Dr. Brent Bellinger with Austin's Watershed Protection Department says it doesn't have to be this way. So one of the you know mantras, slow the flow. Plants growing along the edges of the lake slow runoff by keeping sediments out of the water and even filtering out toxic chemicals. More homes means less vegetation along the coastline, less vegetation means there's no more barrier to protect the water from the wake of a boat or from runoff. Plants along the shoreline also help absorb wake movement from boats. The city of Austin, uh, back in the early 2010s, changed up the rules of what's allowed along the Lake Austin shoreline. Those rules steered away from vertically built seawalls. They required that you put in a slope, um, kind of at a 45 degree angle leading up to the shoreline. Uh, you use natural materials at the shoreline. Dr. Bellinger says homeowners being on board is key. Homeowners, they want their views of the water. They tend to remove most of the trees, most of the underbrush, and remove those natural buffers. And so then you get that erosion. Choices like that impact the quality of our lakes, but doing what you can to slow it down will make a noticeable difference. With that natural vegetation, you've kind of reconnected the lake and the land. Sean Kelly, KXAN News. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Hi, good morning to you. Texas softball team now four for four in regionals with Mike White as a head coach. On Sunday, taking on Texas A&M, Longhorns had two chances to beat the Aggies once. They were undefeated heading into the regional championship round one. They only needed one. Courtney Day with a base hit makes it three to nothing early, and then well, Texas busted open again. It's Day. This time, base is loaded, and the Longhorns take a 10-2 lead. This, obviously, a heated series, an important game. Emotions running high, and they get away from AM assistant Jeff Harger, and he gets the early boot. Didn't get to see his Aggies make a little bit of noise with the Longhorns trying to run rule him. One more out, and the game's over. Texas up eight in the fifth, but Riley Valentine with a three-run homer and the Aggie fans showing their support the way they love to do it. So Longhorns add a run. It's 11-5 and Sophia Simpson in the circle looking to close it out. And there it is. Longhorns go 3-0 in the regional. They win it 11-5. All these Longhorns playing in this particular rivalry for the first time. It was just a fun, fun game to play in. I mean... 
obviously through Texas and A&M, it's, it's, there's always been beef for the past I don't know how many years. But it was just another game, and we knew it was going to be a dogfight, and we just came out on top. The great performance by our team. Um, you know, obviously, we knew that A&M was going to bring it today. That would be a tough, tough opponent. It's going to be an interesting series once we get to that in a couple of years. Yeah, Mike White referencing when Texas goes to the SEC. They're headed into SEC country for the Super Regional. They'll take on Tennessee beginning Friday. The best two out of three winner advances to Oklahoma City and the Women's College World Series. Texas baseball, they share that Big 12 regular season title, and they are the top seed heading to Arlington. They'll play game two on Wednesday. They'll take on Kansas in the double elimination Big 12 tournament. Back to you. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.